What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for things that have been rebooted, remade, adapted, or otherwise are unoriginal concepts that have some string of something else in it. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this is, I want to say, week eight of social isolation due to COVID-19. Yes, that is right. I based because the even numbers are on pay week. So yes, eight. <laughs> we would be in week two of Black Widow. So even with COVID nineteen, this would have been a uh, without COVID nineteen rather, this would have been a dead week Correct. for new releases. Which it doesn't matter because the world has shut down. <laughs> which as a result, if you hear any audio snags or hiccups, it is simply Skype, and it is not my fault. Uh, I take. No responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is also COVID-19, we are hodgepodging things together as we go. Luckily, Warner Brothers Animation continues to release great animated features that have underlying source material. So this week we are covering the animated DC movie Justice League Dark. That's the wrong tab open. (laughs) It's apocalypse just the war. dark apocalypse war. I don't know why yeah. I stuttered there. <laughs> I was like, Justice League Dark, that's not what it is. Well, there, right. Justice, there League Dark. Justice League Dark, that's why you're, yeah. Yeah, I think I had that article of a movie that never was. <laughs> <laughs> Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, the sequel to 2017's Justice League Dark, and the 15th and final film in the DC animated movie universe and the 38th film overall in DC universe, directed by Matt Peters and Christina Sada, written by Ernie Altbecker and Sada, and it features a great cast. My favorite is that Matt Ryan is still here. I, uh, as soon as he started talking, I'm like, oh, they, got, they actually got John in here. This is great. <laughs> no, yeah, these are, have all been fantastic. This is closing the continuity that was started in Flashpoint in 2013 where they mirrored the comics. And I don't know if it was a conscious choice to start making everything more interconnected and sequelized at that point, or if it just sort of happened, or if they were just trying to mirror what was going on in the comics. So I think that Flashpoint came out two or three years after the New 52 started. So it's appropriate that it's ending two or three years after the New 52 has ended. What did you think, Terrence? Um, I thought this was a fantastic piece of piece of piece of work. I um, I wasn't looking forward to it because I didn't I didn't even realize that it was coming. All of a sudden, people just started popping up in my timeline with like Justice League Dark, Justice League Dark, Justice League Dark. I'm like, wait, what? There's a new movie? Went and watched it, and my mind melted and was blown away because I think this thing did some themes and some stuff that I don't. I know for a fact none of the DC live action stuff has ever touched um, or been able to kind of convey, and it and some of it you just can't do because the animation is, is pretty violent as well. But this was thoroughly entertaining from start to finish and um, gave me a sense of what the best stuff that DC has done. They, they're using three mediums. They're doing live action movies. They're doing live action TV and animated right now. The only place that I feel 100% confident on them with is the animation stuff. 
I think historically that that's been true. I mean, ever since all the way back to their original Justice League and Wonder Woman animated and Justice League Doom and mm. several Batman animated movies, even the Batman animated series, like the animation in DC has just always been such a strong focal point for their storytelling and what they want to do. And it's really fun to see them start toying around with hyper violence and swearing and larger themes and bigger ideas. And with this one too, it's strangely, I think the first time we've had an original story to cap it off. This isn't adapted from some large DC comic idea. This is a solely original idea. And in doing that, the other place DC often shines to me is when they start to get away from their source material. I mean, even in the comics with things like Batman White Knight and Superman Red Sun, whenever they start experimenting with these characters and starting to really push their boundaries in a way that they can't or won't do in mainstream continuity because people would freak out. And yeah, it's hard to have lasting consequences in comic books. Right. So it's, better to kind of have these weird places where you can play. I mean, even in the MCU and the DC extended uh, movie universe, whatever they want to call it now, you don't really get to kill off a character until they come back. It's It was one of the contentions of the MCU and Civil War, and here they kind of have a weird freebie, both with time travel involved and because it's animated, so the I think the stakes are lower from a fan side. You get right, to kind of do things. Yeah, you're not as attached because it's an animated form. You're not attached to sort of an actor or a tangible person, so it's a little easier to kind of just wipe the board with people. But also because you're playing in this medium, you can get away with a little bit more violence and a little bit more... <laughs> the way that you kill people is a lot more intense here, even though it doesn't have as much of an effect if you had a long-term stay with all these people. But... I do think the whole idea of the best storytelling is when you back yourself into a corner. And I think this is a great way to kind of like you're ending this. You're like, look, we can do whatever the hell we want because we're not coming back to this. I do always appreciate that because I feel like stakes and death are two things that are fairly challenging and long form narratives. Obviously, when you're doing just like a. 90 minute movie that you don't think or won't get a sequel you can kind of shock the audience and and really raise and get the stakes going but if something like the star wars universe we sort of know everybody's safe until the big climactic finale right we sort of know in clone wars that who's there and who isn't and then you kind of in the other side of that corner have something like Game of Thrones that threw all of its characters away and it got to a place of shock value and you stopped being attached. But you also have things like the MCU and Star Wars where you feel a little too safe and a little too... Mm-hmm. I mean, even in Infinity War, when they snapped away Black Panther, everyone kind of just said, well, what are they going to do? Not have another billion-dollar yeah. franchise? I mean, right. the- like, yeah, my wife immediately looks to me and was like, uh, Spider-Man and Black Panther just mo- both made a billion dollars. This isn't accurate. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it, and why would you even want that? You want to see these characters <laughs> in more stories. Right. Uh, it's the same thing with long-form comic book telling when they even do drastic changes like Doc Ock becoming Spider-Man or Superman dying or Wolverine dying. These things only really stick for like five years until they need another marketing ploy to bring I, everyone back. I remember after Superman died 
and they brought him back. And then he had a turn where he was like an elect, a blue, like almost electric type of person as opposed to being Superman. People were like, no, I don't want that. Let's switch back. And it was literally just to sell comics because they're after the death of Superman run, they had a low sale point for a while. They're like, let's just change them up altogether. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you don't get rid of your big titans. I mean, that's something that Marvel went through when they did their last big continuity shakeup and Spider-Man was off the board and Wolverine was dead and Iron Man was in a coma and Captain America was Hydra. And we tried to just get rid of all of the people that you knew. And there were some other, you know, problematic people who didn't get attached, but that's another thing. Uh, But it is, you don't get rid of the big marquee people. You keep everyone going and it's fun then to get to this kind of animated world where the stakes are a little more, real and tangible and you get to have these cataclysmic world ending things because even in the sense of you know spoiler alert for the movie but barry goes back in time and redoes flashpoint and we have a new set of continuity that we don't know yet this version of these characters are done the story is done for them correct like and and i think that that's a really a fun way of kind of saying well we can just we can keep telling stories with these characters, but this chapter or season right. is closed, and this we is will, what happened. Right. You will get another Superman, Batman. Those stories will be told. We were just – this version of them is complete. And I think that makes the end of this and this whole story feel so much better when you close out a movie or close out a story the way that they do. Because it's still – it seems so hopeless, but also hopeful because you know you will get to – as a fan – these guys just went through hell and their life is going to be kind of cataclysmically different. But as a fan, you do still have that glimpse where you're like, well, we will get to come back and play with these characters in a different sandbox soon. Well, you get to really, really push the boundaries of who these people are when you do this. I like seeing a despondent Constantine who's still very, very accurate to his character, but he's dealing with this choice that he didn't even really make. Yeah. And is now on this weird path to redemption that he didn't need to be on or a super mind altered Batman. There's just so many great moments. There's a lot of great moments. My favorite is the liquid kryptonite in Superman. That's a great concept. And I was like, Oh my God, why haven't we played with that? Like before in some form of medium, um, it's probably in comics because his character has gone on for so long, but to actually see it in some type of a, a film version, I was like, Oh, it's great. And to see that, we always play Superman as a Boy Scout all the time. And in this, he makes a decision that is for revenge more so than it is for the, the purpose of actually saving something. And it is the destruction of basically the Earth, the world as he knows it. <laughs> yeah, he actively leads people on a charge because he has, in the continuity of this universe, has the moment before of his own death and what happened and if well if they can defeat me then we don't stand a chance and we have to do a full assault and not get strategic it's just go all in and it ends up costing everything uh and you see you get to really watch him deal with that choice and see the consequences of it and watch this new world without hope and i think when you push these characters in the dc universe who are totems for larger themes justice hope love warrior everything yeah rather than being these grounded characters like tony stark or peter parker you get to kind of go 
well, what happens if Batman starts stops being about justice and starts being about vengeance? If we just turn that dial a little to the mm-hmm. left and we make Superman, instead of being about hope, it's about loss. And we send him back as a powerlessness. He can't do anything. Right. What kind of effect does that have on the world and the people in it when these pillars fall down? And these are the kind of unique questions that I think this movie gets to ask. You really get to watch this mind-warped Batman use, I guess, his quote-unquote powers for evil and for control. You get a kind of a glimpse into what he does in Kingdom Come when he's just running the world the way he wants to. Yeah, and like the, I mean, Batman's powers have always, he doesn't have any powers, but he's always been fighting. But his other thing is that as a detective, he's one of the... He's probably the smartest person in the room. He's strategizing all the time, and that's what basically uh, Apocalypse is using on on Darkseid. He's using on his his behalf. It's kind of like, oh, I'm going to use the brains of this entire team, and I'm just going to have him work for me. And it's crazy to see how that that all just comes together. Um, I always love seeing what they're going to choose to do with these characters when they get lost that way. The the reveal of what the Flash is doing and the reveal of where Wonder Woman and Cyborg and Aqua, well, Aquaman's gone, but yeah, it, it's always great to see what they're going to do with these people. When we do these Elseworld stories, it's interesting to see how they usurp these abilities and powers for these these twisted ways. Yeah. I, I just, I, I feel bad because I'm a huge Green Lantern fan and those guys just keep getting trashed, crapped on all the time. I was like, man, Jon Stewart's in the middle of his oath and then he's like, well, you're dead. Well, look, they don't even, these guys aren't very imaginative. We show up on the planet. You have a whole army of people whose entire ability is anything I think of can happen. And they're just shooting straight laser beams at the <laughs> right. guy. John Stewart gets up when Darkseid's distracted, but he's been distracted the entire fight. He's not paying attention to John. I don't know why he waited for Batman to show up, as if that makes the field easier to be in. Right. And then you get to like see Raven later in a in another fight just put her powers over somebody so they can't breathe and I'm like well that's all you had to do Green Lantern Corps right I was like wrap God, it around Darkseid's head and put him down <laughs> they showed the shot of Hal just getting killed I'm like he's not he doesn't even have an image up he's just out there fighting hand to hand he should he deserves to die I <laughs> oh, didn't even try. <laughs> I was really hoping we were going to see some red lanterns or yellow lanterns. There's just never enough time when you try to get every single person Everybody. on board yeah. to see everyone. Like I, I wanted so much more of Raven and Damien, but they gave us a lot of it, and it was so good. The Damien stuff with his with Batman. Oh my god, I felt so bad for him when Batman was just listing off why he didn't care about him. I was like, oh god, your mama drugged me. I'm like, damn, stop, Batman, stop. Well, you got to think of the psychological damage that's going to do because Darkseid was saying that, but everything Batman said was accurate. <laughs> He's not wrong. You just shouldn't say that to your child. <laughs> like, well, he was drugged. He didn't want to raise this kid because, you know, Batman's whole thing is kidnapping orphans. He doesn't want to have a genetic child. <laughs> I also thought it was it was kind of weird when we watched them fight these three world-eating magma-delivering devices, and they've sent three te- two teams. They don't have enough for three teams. Team A is like Shazam and a lot of other people who can fly and shoot lasers. Yeah. And the other team was like Batwoman and Batgirl. 
and I love all of those characters and Orchid. Orchid was there too. But a part of me was like, maybe take one of the Bat family and one of the Superman family. And just to level that off. Level yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, just to but level it out. Those, these deaths, man, are just brutal. When you these... see Stargirl, just her intestines are ripped out. Yeah. And... They have some crazy deaths and some just almost some Mortal Kombat style deaths. They're like, look, we didn't get to use all of these in the Mortal Kombat movie. Let's bring them over here. <laughs> well, I think the only clear option is we're building to an Injustice animated movie, which yes. is something that I would love to see. I would love that. Um, uh, and it, also- but it also has some humor because I think that's you can't have a, a, a animated movie be one note and dark all the time. So. Harley Quinn, I, it doesn't matter when she shows up. For some reason, she just always does it for me. Like, she's at one point, I'm like, okay, she works in this form when I don't have to have her the entire movie, but just in doses to kind of, like, give me that moment of, like, levity, or in her case, insanity, that works. So her, the whole moment of Suicide Squad with her King Shark and Boomerang worked for me a lot. Do you know, does uh, King Shark always only say his name? I was going to ask you that. Is that like a, I was going to ask you that because I don't follow him that much. And I know they didn't do it in the – like some comics runs I haven't seen him do that. But I know he definitely didn't do that in the film. At least I don't know. I don't know. We haven't seen the version yet. But like I don't know if that's how he speaks. Because it's very I am Grudish. But I'm just like I don't know if that was done for the purpose of making him funnier than he always is. Um, it seemed off-putting. Yeah, this sounds like he can talk, so I don't know if maybe there's just a beat we missed in one of these, like, another Suicide Squad movie that was in this universe or something else, but... Because the whole kind of vibe of this movie is a little a little too Avengers sometimes. It and does feel very much like the Infinity movie War. itself. Really, but King Shark not be, be basically being Groot. Yeah. Um, and then the cover art is Constantine doing just some straight up Doctor Strange imagery. Like that's just copyright infringement. Uh, and yeah. Superman's just in the Iron Man pose from the Infinity War poster. It, this movie definitely gives me off a lot of vibes of being their version of Infinity War Endgame in a 90 minute version. Um, and. I'm okay. I'm fine with it because you're doing it with different characters, but it, there are moments when I was like, oh, so the Suicide Squad is basically the guardians of the galaxy of this, and you kind of just bring them out of nowhere, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, you get that vibe a lot, but the thing See, is, See, I got too, more Mad Max vibes from the Suicide Squad in this one. Oh, I really? felt like they had a very, like, we're all here, and we're fighting, and whoever wins the fight gets to have the say, and then we're going to get up in our cards and our weapons, and we're going to mount the defense. I got a much more okay. post-apocalyptic, Mad Maxian sort of outkick. I actually really liked how they did it here. It didn't feel super out of nowhere to me, but I think that's because part of the question you're asking in this movie is, like, where is everyone right. So at almost every step of, well, where is Lois going? It's, well, it's either going to be... Who haven't we met yet? And the Suicide Squad has been a huge part of this animated continuity. Yeah. So it makes sense for that to be it. But it also, like any of these kind of twist the continuity up, part of the fun of that is going like, well, where are the villains? And I uh, especially loved the, well, the Joker's dead thanks to this new Batman, who is no fun, (laughs) by the way. Yeah. 
I loved that because I've always sort of said when the world actually goes to hell, the Joker is going to be one of the first characters who dies. Yeah, because he just doesn't fit like everyone else's power and he's kind of just there. I Yeah, there are a lot of bits when the Suicide Squad came. Like, why they were like, why are you, how did you become the leader? And, and then like Amanda Waller is dead, cancer. And then she just laughs for like 45 seconds straight. That's how I deal with it. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always am very impressed with the animated movies, how just like like a dart, they nail these characters. Like they really got Harley right in a very quick moment with just her behavior and how she acts and her belief system and who she is. And it's always weird when they twist the knife with who these characters are is when they really boil it down to what made them work in the first place. Yeah. Like once you kind of remove all the hope from who Superman is and just kind of get down to the the farm boy who's always going to get up and try, you really actually do get a great powerless character who still isn't ready to throw in the towel and is going to go figure out how to get everybody going and get everybody back. And even Constantine, when he's like so far down on his luck and really just thinks the world is over, he will still make the deals with Raven and these demons to try to do what he can and do what's right and get things going. Yeah. Even bat, we had this great return to form with Batman and Damien, what it is like, remember it's justice and not vengeance. We're not here to kill all these people. We're here to bring a balance to everything. Yes. That's so much brutality. You had cyborg connect. So like such good world building in this. You had all of these new robot justice league characters who are then being controlled by cyborg. You have Barry on the treadmill, powering everything, Batman on the Morbius chair, making all of the meticulous planning for dark side. You have yeah. this great idea of new gods versus old gods from Jack Kirby and the fourth world. You really kind of got everything in that you needed to and you still had to be cohesive because it is through the eyes of of Constantine. It never became not his story and his arc. He always kind of was the central driving force. Correct. And I think that also helps. Look, my issue with, I love DC stuff, specifically Batman and Green Lantern. Batman probably because he's more grounded, but I love their stuff. But sometimes they become too godly, and it's hard for me to kind of attach to stuff when they become godly. Even though John Constantine works in a world of hell and magic and stuff, there is still a levelness or a groundness to him. So him being the character that you're seeing this film through helps a lot with all the otherworldly stuff that's happening. He is the ground level that's kind of like, all right, this feels tangible or a little bit more realistic as you can be because Superman flying around and all these there's worlds are being eaten alive. Well, I love that they answered every question I had, because when we met Zatanna, my first thought was, well, I want to see Zatanna and Batman, because they have one of my absolute favorite dynamics in the DC universe. They are one of my favorite pairings and favorite friendships, and then there's no scene with them together. But then it is, in fact, Zatanna who makes John Constantine run away with a spell without him knowing because Batman needed a backup plan. Yeah. And I was like, well, of course that's what they were doing. <laughs> like every kind of moment where I was like, oh, cool, Zatanna's here. Her and Batman are going to be great. And then I didn't get it. I was like, oh, that's a shame. And then I I just kept, because like the Flash, it's like the Flash is one of my favorite DC characters. And I kept wanting to see what they were going to do with him. But I just kept going, 
well, he's probably going to be the time travel Flashpoint 2.0, uh, but is he in a Kingdom Come form where he's just everywhere on Apocalypse when they land? Are they just going to have to deal with the Flash right away? Right. I was not expecting to see this worn out, thin, sad Barry who just so couldn't depressed. do anything. He's just broken. <laughs> I loved it. You get to see that. I really, probably the only thing I wanted more of was like the Teen Titans and the Green Lantern Corps because I just love all the characters in Teen Titans. But giving Raven a really good arc was just as good of a win and really kind of sad because she's sort of out of everybody gets where she wants to be at the end of this. She's free of her dad. She's has the white Raven robe. She can be with Damien. And then the board is reset. Yes. And everything gets reset. Um, it's the same. I mean, like, yeah, I think she and Cyborg probably have the most meat of all the Titans. Um, even though Cyborg's basically being used, like he's being used through, but his, his last 10 minutes of Cyborg stuff works and how he basically is like, I know I have to sacrifice myself. Like, I can't come with you or do any of the other. Put myself in a cube. Like, this is it. Um, he I got it. That Wonder Woman didn't say goodbye. He explains that he can't come. And then she just goes, okay. Right. And walks through a portal. <laughs> Good day. Like, well, that's, Jesus. <laughs> Even Barry, when he's like, I don't know if I want to reset this time. I'm like, buddy, half your friends are robots. Hawkman right. is literally just a robot bird. I was like, half, most of the Team Titans team is half half human, half robot. I think we might should go ahead and reset this. Batman just <laughs> predicted another billion deaths if they can even get this thing back together. Like, <laughs> Right. I was really, really hoping that Matt Ryan was going to say, run, Barry, run, and we were going to get some call to the, to the, the CW. universe. Yeah. There also was no Green Arrow. Would have loved to have seen some Green I Arrow. I would have liked to have seen Arrow. Yeah. It was weird. There's a, there's a, so many characters that they have that are really popular that they just, I think because nowhere within the get 15, everyone. And you have a 15 year film, some of this stuff, it's sort of like Infinity War. Like if we haven't already placed these people on the board in a heavy way, we, we can't take the time to do that here just because that's not what this film's about. Yeah. Well, I think you're, when you're, when you're playing with your toys, you're always picking the ones you want to use. And sometimes yeah. you're just not going to pick everyone, but yeah. And I mean, what would Green Arrow have really, you know, done in this? This doesn't seem like it's really a battle for him. And sometimes when I when I see Hawkeye in the middle of, like, Endgame, I'm like, why are you here? Well, for a while, I was like, oh, that's who she's going to go see. Green Arrow's going to be getting together whoever's left, and it'll yeah. be very Dark Knight Returns. But no, no, it's just the Suicide Squad. But that's <laughs> pretty much the movie. But now we're in this fun place of what's next. And I couldn't see any even announcements for future animated movies, although obviously they're going to keep doing this. They just released the giant Blu-ray pack with all of these movies in it. Uh, there's obviously just so much more stuff they can do, but now we're at Rebirth. Yeah. I have to assume that now we're going to start telling some Rebirth stories, which... I thought they did a really good job in the comics of just sort of being like, screw origin stories, you know them. We're just going to keep going, but now we've kind of adjusted. The, they've sort of merged the New 52 and original continuity yeah. to just exist. 
Is there anything in Rebirth that you would want them to make animated or the next character to start off a new wave of who to focus on on the next wave? Um, I don't know. It's it's so interesting now because we are I feel like these characters, a lot of their main characters are so popular enough that there is no need anymore to go over. Barry Allen's mother being killed or, or like Batman's parents being like, we've done that to death. We know how they got to this point. So now it's just a jumping off point. Um, you know, I would really be interested because I don't think this character in recent history has gotten much love. I would love to look at some of this stuff through the eyes of Lex, like as the villain, as opposed to some of the heroes. Like I would love to see being the human We've, I think we've had this convo before. Being the human in a world with all these gods has to have some type of effect on your psyche. And I would love to see how he, a story about how he is responding to this for just him. Like it, That would be fascinating to me. I agree. I am going to just shoot for the moon. Because <laughs> the... The big thing that kind of started in in 2016 is when they did the DC Rebirth giant splash page, Jeff Johns comics, starting all of this and really got it going. And the big reveal at the end of that was Batman finding the bottom of the comedian in the Batcave. Yeah, yeah. Leading to a great comic, The Button, with The Flash and Reverse Flash and Batman, leading to, I can't remember where the other Easter egg was. There's like two other things. But now we're in Doomsday Clock. I don't know if, it, I think it's, uh, now schedules are weird. I think there's one or two issues left. It might be done. I honestly don't know. Um, but let's start getting some Watchmen characters involved. <laughs> I, it's always weird because DC acknowledges that that's a part of their vertigo line and that we yes, we have that. But I'm like, you can play with these guys now, guys. Let's just let's just do it. Let's put I them in there. That would be great. I'd love to see a Heroes in Crisis animated movie when yeah. all the kids died. We're just in therapy for a while. <laughs> Give me all of that. You could pretty much do all of Tom King's Batman run, and I would be completely satisfied. But if you're making me choose, it is all about Kite Man and the jokes and riddles. <laughs> I want it immediately. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. And then, you know, everything from Bendis's. Now I'm like, great, we have a new, a whole new sandbox to play in. But, you know, this. DC animated universe world didn't bind itself to just the new 52. You got hush. You got wonder woman. You got the war for Atlantis. So there's not really any reason why you couldn't still get something like the long Halloween in here yeah. or red sun or another turtles versus Batman or maybe injustice. <laughs> right. I think that's kind of where I, I am now like, ah, oh, that Batman versus TMNT was awesome. Give me Injustice. Give me the R-rated Injustice, because we saw Scorpion work. Yes. We've seen this work and a little bit more violent. Let's get crazy. Yeah. Is the... 
HBO Max show for Green Lantern, is that animated or is that live action? Do you know? Uh, I believe it's going to be live action. I believe that's going to be it. Greg Berlanti's big to do. Yeah, got it, got it. Okay, because I was going to say that I feel like WB has another sandbox now to play in with some of this animated stuff where if they wanted to do a series that stayed as not as violent, but be more serious tone or adult tone, HBO Max is their their landing spot for that. Um, and so I would love to see some of these things go a little bit long form. You don't have to do an entire run, but like you give me like six episodes, six 40 minute episodes of a, of a story. I would be more intrigued by that probably than a, a lot of 90 minute things. Cause I feel like some things you put so much into for a film for 90 minutes, we're not going to go back to those characters for another three years at the earliest. But if you can give me six sort of 45 minute runs of that, uh, I think you could tell a, a complete story and I would be, sort of fascinated by that oh yeah i would do that too i'll do any of it they have such a good track record with this animated universe the animated stuff has they've killed i mean that's where they destroy marvel's uh animated stuff is not quite good enough <laughs> to be, no i don't even think it merits stopped. yeah that's why they sort of just stopped <laughs> it's just not even worth mentioning <laughs> um i think that's the show guys yeah. So we are going to wrap out. Obviously, you can leave us a review. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Hollywood already did it. We're on Twitter at Hollywood ADI, on Instagram at Hollywood already did it. I'm at, as always, Blake, and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum, and we will see you next time. Later.